thank you for your presence today. God's word tells us that in this life, we will have trials and tribulations. So why do we fear when they come? God takes care of his children no matter what. He provides our every need and protects us from dangers seen and unseen. Just think about the trials he has already brought us through and how much stronger and renewed we are in him because of what he has already done for us. Listen with Bible, pen, and paper handy as Pastor Rander inspires us to live in victory knowing God is our present help in all things. Let us pray. And Father, we thank you for this time you've given us to dispense the glorious truth of your eternal word. We pray that it would reach men, women, boys, and and girls for the saving of souls, for the calming of troubled hearts, for lifting spirits, and for turning hearts toward you. Anoint me now. Fill me with your spirit. I do realize, apart from you, I can do absolutely nothing. Thank you now for this divine privilege of proclaiming gospel truth in a world that's gone very bad. We love you now. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's children said, If you have your Bibles, we would like for you to turn to the book of Isaiah, chapter 41, verses 10 and 13. The book of Isaiah, chapter 41, verses 10 and 13. There you will find these words. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. For I, the Lord your God, will hold your right hand, saying to you, Fear not, for I will help you. And from this passage of scripture, we want to preach, let not your heart be afraid. Let not your heart be afraid. As we look around our country, nation, and world, you do not have to look very far to see many things and many people who are overcome by fear. We have floods, tornadoes, we have mass shootings, we have terrorist attacks, we have the political climate that is keeping so many people frustrated and angry. Some people also live in fear due to health crises and family crises. And then some are fretful because they've just lost a dear precious loved one that perhaps they depended upon. Others fear financial insecurity, a volatile stock market. Many fear transitions in life, major exams, someone divulging their past sins, getting hurt. Others fear the unknown. People fear the future. They fear failure, rejection, being bullied, speaking, and praying publicly. Many fear losing control. Others fear getting cancer, Alzheimer's. Many fear death. 
And presently, even as I preach today, we have the coronavirus that is affecting many nations in our world and even us in America, leaving many people uncertain, apprehensive, worried, nervous, and frightened. Since so many are gripped with fear in our nation, the Holy Spirit led me to preach this message to encourage your heart and to calm your fears. My friends, the word of God is medicinal. It is spiritually medicinal. It is therapeutic. It can do like nothing else can do. Why must believers not live in a spirit of fear? The word of God really gives us clear, concise instructions saying, do not fear. Why must believers not fear? Why must believers not live in a spirit of fear? Well, number one, because we have a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Isaiah 55, 6 and 7 says, seek the Lord. If there's ever time we need to seek the Lord, it is right now. In times of trouble, times of uncertainty, we need to be seeking the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. In times like these, let the wicked forsake his way. Uh, It's time for the wicked to repent and turn to God. And the unrighteous man, woman, and child, his thoughts. Evil thoughts leads to evil deeds. Let him return to the Lord. My friend, this is the cure for our fears. Returning to God. And he will have mercy on us and to our God. For he will abundantly pardon. Beloved, if you do not know Jesus Christ as your personal savior... You have every right to be fearful because he's the only answer for our fears. Furthermore, you cannot be liberated from a spirit of fear without a personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Do you know Jesus? Do you know without a doubt that you are saved without a doubt? This is no time for you to be wondering whether or not you have a relationship With the Lord Jesus Christ. You got to know that you know that you know you know. You've been born again. Why must believers not live in the spirit of fear? Secondly. When the saints come together to worship. And celebrate the name of Jesus. God breaks the stronghold of fear. He breaks the stronghold of worry. Burdens. Addiction. When we come together and celebrate Christ and celebrate the name of Jesus, uh, he breaks satanic attacks. He set captive souls free. We cannot be a blessing to others if we allow ourselves to succumb to the voices of media and fear mongers. When the saints come together to worship and celebrate the name of Jesus, God breaks the stronghold of fear. If there's ever time we need to be worshiping God, it's right now. If there's ever time we need to be celebrating Jesus, it's right now. When we celebrate Jesus, something happens in our hearts. He sets us free. He liberates us. We, we're rejuvenated. We are revived. That's why it's so critical that we celebrate the Christ 
whom we love so much. Psalms 100 verses 4 and 5 says, enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name for the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting and his truth endures to all generation. Beloved, worshiping Christ conquers every fear. Allow me to say that again. Worshiping Christ conquers every fear. That's why we ought to come before him in the morning, noon, night, and celebrate Christ. Not just in the church house, but in our own homes, on the job, uh, in the car. We can celebrate Christ and he, he is the answer for the ills of our society. And he helps us in the time of trouble. Thirdly, why must believers not live in a spirit of fear? Fear is defeated when we take every fearful thought captive to the obedience of Christ. Fear is defeated when we take every fearful thought captive to the obedience of Christ. Second Corinthians chapter 10 verses 4 and 5 says, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. I like the latter part of that verse and in verse five, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Beloved, refuse to give anything that is satanic in origin a place in your mind. Refuse to give anything that is satanic in origin a place in your mind to include fear. That means we must guard your, guard your mind. We need to guard all of our minds by keeping demonic thoughts shut out and refuse to allow anything that is satanic in origin entrance into our minds. Satan wants our minds and we must fight to keep our minds uh, free of Satan's strongholds and Satan's darts and all these kinds of things. Fourthly, if you are going to have victory over fear, you must think in victory. If you're going to have victory over fear, it is absolutely important that you think in victory. Romans 8.37 says, Yet in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Because we already have victory in Christ. He won victory on Calvary when he rose from the dead. Because we already have victory in Christ, we fight from victory and not for victory. We fight knowing that Jesus has already won. Some people defeat themselves in their thinking, which results in insecurity. Because they defeat themselves in their thinking, it causes them to have setbacks and a lack of confidence in Christ. Only, only when you believe God enough to think in victory can you win the battle in your mind and can you win the battle 
over fear. Philippians 4.13 says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So if you want to win the battle over fear, you must start in your mind and you must think in victory. Not say, maybe I can, I might can, I don't know, it's difficult, I'm afraid of Satan. Well, you already defeated yourself. You're thinking in defeat. It starts with your thinking. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I believe God. Fifthly, if we're going to have victory over fear, realize that Satan who is our enemy, desires to rob us of God's best for us by keeping us held captive by fear. Realize that Satan, who is our enemy, beloved Satan is not your friend, he's your enemy. As a matter of fact, he's he's the enemy of our soul. Realize that Satan, who is our enemy, desires to rob us of God's best for us by keeping us held captive by fear. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 11 says, put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against the strategies, the wiles of the devil. Even as I preach, Satan is strategizing against you. Satan is not your friend. He's your enemy. Don't play with him. Don't play in his camp. He, he's subtle. He, he's a devil. And his aim is to wipe you out, to kill, to steal, and to destroy. And you have to fight to win the battle over Satan. And you have to fight to win the battle over fear. Beloved, Satan will use every strategy in his arsenal to include fear to keep you from reaching your potential in Christ. I wonder how far along we would be if we did not allow Fear to do its best work on us. Number six, victory over fear comes when you verbalize the things you are thankful for in your life. Victory over fear comes when you verbalize the things you are thankful for in your life. First Thessalonians chapter five, verse 18 says, In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Beloved, it is so critical that we possess a thankful heart. That's a must. The more thankful we are, the less fretful we will be. A thankful heart causes fear to dissipate as you make much of Christ and what he has done for you. Let me say that again. A thankful heart causes fear to dissipate as you make much of Christ and what he has done for you. Also, there is nothing that you cannot conquer in this life if you live in a spirit of thanksgiving and praise your way through the trials of life, which will drive away your fear. Praise is so critical to driving Away your fear. When you're fretful, you need to think about the songs that will strengthen you. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste 
of glory divine. You ought to think about songs that says, have faith in God. Uh, another song, I trust in God. All these songs also revive us and renews our strength and help us to be strong and not fretful to the glory of almighty God. Praise your way through. And when you praise your way through, God be so honored that he, he breaks all of those things that come against you. Whether it's doubt, whether it's a lack of faith, whether it's fear, whether it's worry, whatever it is, God will take care of it when you verbally praise God with all your heart from your lips to the glory of almighty God. Number seven. As we get ever so near the return of our Lord, we should become excited and not fearful because the scripture is being fulfilled as the days grow worse. Let me just say that again. That is so huge. As we get ever so close to the to the return of our Lord, we should become excited and not fearful because the scripture is being fulfilled as the days grow worse. Allow me to give you a few examples. Um, a, as we get ever so closer to the coming of Christ, there will be an increase in lawlessness. There will be an increase of lawlessness, the likes of which we've never seen, which is a sign that Jesus is ready to return. Second Timothy chapter 3 verses 1 through 5 says, But know this, that in the last days perilous times will come. For men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, Haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power, and from such people turn away. Lawlessness, 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 lawlessness. This is a lawless society. They can't build enough jails to hold people because society is just lawless, lawless. Beloved, what Paul warned Timothy over 2,000 years ago is a reality today as we look around and witness these very sins listed here in this passage unfolding before our eyes. These very sins that Paul was telling Timothy is, is rampant all around us in the society in which we live. So an increase of lawlessness is, is one of the signs of the time. And one of the signs that we're ever so closer to the coming of our Lord. Uh, B, there will be a rise in apostasy. A rise in apostasy. Second Thessalonians chapter 2 verse 3 says, Let no one in any way deceive you. For it will not come unless the apostasy comes first. And the man of lawlessness is revealed, the son of destruction. First Timothy chapter four, verse one also says, now the spirit expressly says that in the later times, some will depart 
from the faith. Look at that. Some will depart from the faith by devoting themselves to deceitful spirits and teachings of demons. Apostasy is a spiritual defection. What is apostasy? It is spiritual defection. It is spiritual abandonment of what we once professed. It is spiritual abandonment of what we once uh, professed. Apostasy is a falling away. Apostasy is a total desertion and a departing from one's faith and even the Lord's church. Your people serve faithfully in Sunday school, youth ministry, serve faithfully in the church, greeter, usher, music ministry. And you look around four or five weeks later, or maybe uh, uh, two or three years later, they don't say I'm, I'm gone. They just disappear. And you find out they who knows where. And they just stop and have no desire. Some don't even go to another church. They just abandon the Lord's church altogether. That's apostasy, my friends. A genuine believer continues and abides in Christ regardless of the times or difficult days in which we live. Let me say that again. A genuine believer continues in the faith. A genuine believer abides in the faith, remains in the faith, passionate about the Lord, passionate about the work of the kingdom, regardless of the times, regardless of apostasy, regardless of uh, difficult days uh, in which we live. Should one who claims to be a Christian depart from the faith, he was never a genuine believer to begin with. You say, well, what about Shirley or Joe or John or whomever? They were here, but they're they're gone. They lost their salvation. No, they didn't lose their salvation. They never had it. They never had it. (laughs) Should one who claims to be a Christian depart from... From the faith, he or she was never a genuine believer to begin with. And to substantiate that, 1 John uh, 2.19 speaks specifically to that. That great verse from the beloved apostle John says, They went out from us, but they did not really belong to us. For if they had belonged to us, They would have remained with us. But their going showed that none of them belong to us. Now that's very, very concise and clear. Another indication that we're in the last days and Jesus uh, is almost back is that there will be an extreme, there will be an extreme increase in persecution of Jewish people. There will be an extreme increase in persecution of the Jewish people. Revelation chapter 12 verse 17 says, and the dragon was enraged with the woman and he went to make war with the rest of her offspring who keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. Throughout biblical history and even today, beloved, 
Jewish anti-Semitism has always been on the rise and will intensify around the world as we near the return of Christ. And we will see it even intensifying even more during the tribulation period after the rapture. There will be an extreme increase of persecution of Jewish people. And we see it in America. We see it in Europe. We see it uh, all over the world. Satan hates the Jewish people. And he will go to any length to destroy them as well as Gentile believers who love the Lord Jesus Christ. He hates us as well because we belong to the king the Lord Jesus Christ. Then another sign that, that it won't be long before our Lord return is that there will be an increase in scoffers and blasphemers who will be mocking, desecrating, and reviling Christ and his word. There will be an increase in scoffers and blasphemers who will be mocking, desecrating, and reviling Christ and his word. Second Peter chapter 3, verses 3 through 4 says, Most importantly, I want to remind you that in the last days, there it is, in the last days, scoffers will come, mocking the truth and following their own desires. Verse four, they will say, what happened to the promise that Jesus is coming again? In other words, Jesus has been gone for over 2,000 years. They were mocking, oh, he's not coming back. Y'all doing this in vain. You're nuts. What happened to the promise that Jesus is coming again? From before the times of our ancestors, everything has remained the same since the world was first created. Revelation chapter 13, verse 6 also says, then he opened his mouth in blasphemy against God. Even in Revelation, they'll see all these cataclysmic things. And, and God will send uh, the gospel out through uh, 144,000 Jewish evangelists dispensing the gospel. There'll be an angel in the sky sharing the gospel. Uh, the, 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 the saints will have been raptured, but the Bible will still be here. And people will... Even at that time, seeing all these phenomenons, they will shake their fists at God and hate him even more instead of repenting and coming to Christ. Revelation 13, 6 says, then he opened his mouth in blasphemy against God to blaspheme his name, his tabernacle and those who dwell in heaven. To help reduce and contain the spread of the coronavirus, Maranatha Bible Church will no longer hold in-person worship services for the foreseeable future. You can continue to enjoy Pastor Draper's teachings through audio messages and worship services by clicking the Sermons tab at www.maranathasa.org, calling 210-821-5683, or visiting Maranatha's Facebook page.